What's up, fam? You're about to hear a message from Hope Valley Church in Denver, Colorado. We are a new, Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible church and campus ministry in Denver, Colorado. Whether you've been walking with Jesus for like a day or a whole lifetime, we trust that this message will help you take your next steps to follow him. If you're in the Denver metro area, we would love for you to come and worship with us. You can check us out at our website at hvdenver.com to learn more. Also, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, however you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Oh, and share. Now, let's jump in. So David's going to kick us off with uh, the reading of a scripture. Um, Are we going to read together? It's a long passage. It's Luke 11. 1 through 10. You think we can do it? Tell you what, let's have, I think I'm going to have to step to the side. So David's going to read, tell you what, let's, we're going to be a little Catholic today. Please stand for the reading of the scripture. <laughs> David's going to start, we're going to finish. Let's read the part that's the Our Father together. The Lord's Prayer. Great, so that'll actually, uh, through verse 4. Okay, so one through four, we'll read together, and then I'll read alone to verse 13, but you can read in your hearts with me. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him from within. Don't bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot give up and give you anything. I tell you, though he won't, I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Father, these are your words to instruct us, to bring about life in us, to transform us and to correct us. Father, as we devote ourselves in this moment to the teaching of Scripture, I ask that you would open our minds to understand, our hearts to comprehend, and prepare our lives to respond in faith to what you want to teach us today. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. 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 Now, I've got one thing I want to say. Uh, As you take your seats, the Spirit of God wants to speak to you, and because we believe that participation is better than... Take notes and be ready to listen to God and respond in faith to what he has to say. Great. So guys, I'm super excited to share on Luke 11 today. 
I, I don't know that I've ever been as challenged and encouraged at the same time in preparing for a message, just in my personal discipleship, my personal following of Jesus. So I'm really excited to share what I learned and what I'm learning. My expectation is two things for today. One is that we would add texture to a very familiar passage. You know, like we all kind of felt maybe little glimmers of remembrance. If we went to VBS or you grew up in a liturgical church, you might have heard the Lord's Prayer prayed a lot. And so there are certain passages, and it's funny, it's hard to read publicly because we all know different versions of it, right? Trespasses, debts, sinners, like we're just, we're all off the map, right? And we'll get into why they're all different. Um, so I, I, my, my hope is to add texture to something that maybe is too familiar. It might be overly familiar and has lost its power. And so bring it back into the space where we remember that this is the model that Jesus gave us for the thing that allows us to talk to him. And then the second thing is I believe prophetically that the spirit of God is going to meet you at your place of greatest need today. And some of, for some of you, it's just going to be hope. There's going to be a new sense of hope and perspective as you look at that area of your life. Um, and we'll get, get more into that. But that's my, my uh, fierce expectation is that the Holy Spirit's going to meet you today. So let's talk about the map. If you are a note taker, there are going to be three points. They're super easy. I'm like a, I'm a nerd about notes. So I'll just give you the map ahead of time. We're going to talk about the disciples are going to ask a question. Jesus is going to answer a question, answer the question, and then Jesus is going to invite us to do something. But in the way Jesus always does, which is he like kind of starts rambling and telling a story about an egg and a fish and a scorpion. And we're going to figure out like, what does the egg and the scorpion and the fish mean? Yeah, it's hilarious. Okay, so let's just jump into the first one. The disciples ask a question. Jesus, teach us to pray. And I like, I think I paint a little angst on the disciples a lot because they were like, these are some angsty guys. Like, if you read the, the gospels enough, you kind of see like they're competitive and they're kind of like, well, who's the greatest? I'm the disciple Jesus loves. It's like a whole thing. So when I hear the question, I hear Jesus, John has been teaching his disciples to pray. Come on. Like, I kind of feel like the disciples were like, we're left out. Like, we, like, we're supposed to have the, we're, we're supposed to be like the elite squad, Jesus. Come on, we're following like the Messiah, the Messiah. You said you were the Messiah. Anyway, so maybe it's just me. I read that with a little bit of like, are you going to teach us to pray? Now, this is the interesting thing. Jesus pulls away and prays 25 different times in the Gospels. What's beautiful is it is... It's such a picture for us in mentoring, in parenting, that, that modeling often needs to precede the teaching. So Jesus is always modeling, and then often the disciples are like, let me ask you about this thing I see. So what we see, this passage opens, Jesus is praying as he did all the time. And I'm sure he was over there like, God, one, Father, one of these days they're going to get it. One of these days, they're going to ask me how to pray because I keep praying. Let's go. Anyway, so this was the day. The disciples are like, so this thing you keep doing, maybe we should know. One other funny note about this. This is the only thing the disciples ever asked him to teach them. 
ever. He, they didn't ask, Jesus, can you give us the org chart that's for the best church? Jesus, can you give us um, the water to wine recipe? Could, I'm sure one of them was thinking it, though. <laughs> they were like, what? one of them was like, you shut up. You just, that's a dumb question. Um, but the only thing, if you think about what the gospel has done in the world, and the disciples only asked Jesus to teach them one thing. Maybe we should ask Jesus to teach us that one thing. Anyway, just a thought. You know, maybe we should. Um, okay, so first reflection question. If you're going to take this into your devotion time this week, as we think about the disciples asking Jesus, what are you asking Jesus to teach you right now? I ask YouTube to teach me a lot. Coursera, Google, books, Podcast. I love podcasts. Gosh, I'm a huge fan. But this is the thing. I often am not starting with Jesus because he can use all those things. He can bring the book and the class and the friend or the mentor who says that thing at the right moment. But often my faith isn't activated to say, Jesus, teach me you know, how to care for my body, care for my finances, be a good neighbor. You know what I'm saying? And he is able to teach us these things. So the first thing is, are we asking Jesus to teach us? Or am I, because I'll be confession, I just straight up YouTube everything in my life. Like, I'll just like, I don't know how to do something, I YouTube it, right? Like, how to fix a leaky sink. How to, I don't know, literally. And, but I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, I should probably be asking Jesus. And then YouTubing. <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't ask Jesus how to fix a leaky sink, but like, Jesus, how can I be a better wife? Maybe ask Jesus before I YouTube. I'm just saying. Throwing it out there. Second thing. Jesus answers, and like all, like the best of Jesus, he's like, this is the model. This is the plan. Now, this is the crazy thing. It's four sentences. And, and Luke and Matthew have different Our Father prayers, which confused the heck out of me, prepping for this. So this is what I learned. Jesus taught the model prayer in two different moments, it wasn't that these guys couldn't get their stories right and wrote them down differently. Jesus told, shared this in two different contexts. Uh, what I thought was interesting is Matthew's is a lot longer. So if you had extra words, did you have like a little extra words bubble up in your heart where you're like, they left out a sentence. You were thinking Matthew. Because then if you were Catholic, you were definitely thinking Matthew. Anglican, probably Matthew. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, like, I was like, I'm like, nope, that's not in this one. Yeah, I feel like Luke is like the abridged Our Father. Luke, he was like, I'm going to give you like the boot camp version. It's like the circuit training. It's the, it's the four step. So the, the other thing that I found was, was fascinating was in most translations, Matthew, when he said, forgive us our blank, you know, we all say a different word there. Matthew is forgive us our debts. And Luke is forgive us our sins. What's crazy is that Matthew was a tax collector. And debt was something that could, could put you in lifelong prison. So it was forgiveness. It was the disarming of the thing that was going to put you in prison to the tax collector. And Luke is a physician 
And sin was the sickness that was going to kill you. And Jesus was going was gonna to cure the, the fatal sickness that was going to take away our ability to step into eternal life. And what I love is the Greek words were super similar, but Jesus knew who he was talking to. And he spoke in a way that was going to translate and resonate. Does it make sense? And so for you, whichever one hits you, grab it. There isn't like a, this is the correct, because Jesus does both of those things. But sometimes one of those emotional word pictures resonates more deeply, right? Okay, so the four sentences, let's break it down. Uh, Father, hallowed be your name. I have to be super careful. I grew up Anglican, so I want to say the really long version. Um, Father, hallowed be your name. Uh, Spurgeon, in preaching on this, I'm not going to, I got to say it because I'm not going to do it justice. The attention at the beginning of these petitions is on the exaltation of God and his concerns. The initial phrases of the Lord's prayer, Jesus fixes our gaze, not on ourselves, but on God. Which I love. So we were like, who are we talking to? And this prayer is about him. The second sentence is, your kingdom come. It is easy to pray. It is hard to believe. But it's really hard to say, like, to look at my kids and say, your kingdom come. Because sometimes the coming of God's kingdom is messy. It's painful. It's not our timing. Um, It doesn't always make us feel. I mean, it it shows his power and his glory. But often it includes us failing as we follow him. There's a lot of mess included in that. The third sentence is is a combination. It's a request for two things in one sentence. Forgive us our sins and give us our daily bread. So God, provide for our basic needs and forgive us the things that we've done that offend you. And then the fourth sentence is a request for protection from temptation. This is really interesting. I read a bunch of sermons from like 200 to 500 AD, which I love sermons from that time because it pops you out of all the cultural junk of right now. It's just pure. I mean, it's, they've got their own cultural junk, but it's kind of fun being out of the like 2023 stuff. Um, almost all of the sermons addressed that people were getting really confused about why you'd be asking God not to tempt you because James 1 says God does not tempt us. Right, so how, why would you pray for God not to tempt you if he already said he wouldn't? And so this was the core of most of these sermons. It was beautiful. The Greek actually has, a, it describes a picture, God stand between me and temptation. Like temptation, and what it is, it is the, before Jesus, it is the recognition that temptation will happen. And because a lot of times it's so nice to be like, oh, I'm not tempted. Like I'm in Jesus. I'm fine. Mm. We just lie to ourselves. Temptation will happen. The prayer is that I'm going to see temptation. God, stand between me and that. Be, be, the, be the wall. Be the, um, protect me from it. Almost like don't let me fall in the pit. So this, the second reflection question, if you're going to take this into your devotion life this week, is are you listening to what Jesus is teaching you? I believe he wants to teach us to pray. 
But in addition to that, I think there's just some practical stuff. You can probably think of an area in your life that maybe Jesus has like his finger on, you know, or they, whatever comes to mind right now, whatever's flickering on the, on the screen of your soul is probably the area, whether it's relationships, finances, faith. God wants to teach us in these areas, and often he's trying to. But I'll be honest, I like not listening, right? Like, because often God is calling us to obedience. Often he's calling us to faith or, or he's calling us to belief, where for me sometimes I'm like, but hmm, I don't really feel like it. So for me, the challenge in this was like the disciples had to hear this Sometimes we can forget that they were people who had to hear the invitation to pray like this and then take him up on it. And I think there are things in all of our lives that God is inviting us to step into that he's teaching us, but it's almost like the ball's in our court. Are we going to take him up on it? The last part of this passage is ask, seek, knock. It says, if, and, if I tell you, um, and I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. And Greg prayed this. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened. This is what struck me. Jesus did not say make it happen. All three of these verbs, ask, seek, knock, are initiating actions that catalyze or they like cue a potential result. But he didn't say, Jesus didn't say take find and open. Like take, find, open would be you do it by yourself. Like I'm not needed. Kind of like the, like you go do it. But what he said was ask, seek, knock. You as a child take the first baby step and then he will allow you to take possession. He promised, he promises that if you seek him, you will find him. And he says that when he opens a door, no man can close it. But he never said that we were supposed to do those things. And so what I was challenged by was two things. Remember that my job is only that first step. And remember that he's the one who produces the fruit in my life. That often, you know, very met a lot of areas of our life, we have an initial faith step. But he's the one who actually accomplishes the, the real result. The second thing, I'm going to be completely honest, I have a hard time asking. Because does anybody feel like they don't want to be high maintenance to God? Yeah, it's like I kind of feel like they're like, like I have first world problems. I Like I'm very aware that I live in a very, like we live in a certain amount of like luxury and comfort and resources. But I think there's a place of contentment and gratitude that we can bring and still ask. Okay. And I'm, so it's like, let's not whine and ask. Let's be like, Jesus, I see what you, I see, like I see, I see your provision in my life. But as a, as a parent, he has asked us to ask him. He's asked, he has said in Philippians, he said, do not worry. Bring everything you're worried about, every single thing. He didn't say only the things that you think are actually catastrophic, but don't bring me the first world problems. Don't, you know, like he said, bring me everything. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. And he's waiting to exchange that with us. So I was so challenged this week to ask, 
I, th- I kind of see that there's a path before us often. We can either kind of whine or worry, or we can ask in faith. And, and a lot of times I won't be honest with myself and say that I'm whining or worrying, but if I was honest in my soul, I totally am. Like I'm in just like a place of like, oh, this is so hard, or like I wish but I'm not taking this thing, like I'm not taking this thing with one of my kids, like to Jesus and saying like, Jesus, like, I'm asking you for this. Like, this is how I feel. These are my fears. Does that make sense? So the last reflection question, where do you need to ask God this week? What do you need to ask God about? Because he would love to meet you. He would love to answer We all know that sometimes the answers are not as fast as we want. And sometimes the answer isn't what we want, but he will move and he will meet you and he will, he will bring peace and perspective in the wait. So I'm going to challenge us to two homework assignments because I love homework. I'm a forever student. Um, I would challenge you to pray the Lord's prayer every day this week. I think you're going to see something powerful happen. You know, you can pray Matthew's version or Luke's version, whatever feels better. Luke is the abridged. Matthew's the liturgical. Take your pick. But if you pray it, I, I, I would love to talk to you next Sunday during the coffee break about what God did out of those prayers. I think he's going to meet us. Now, the second thing, and this is something actually Pastor Andrew did and totally challenged me and is super awesome. Get a blank composition notebook, like a 99 cent empty notebook. Write, this is my ask list. Write down what you are asking Jesus for and the date. Because often God meets us and we forgot we asked for it. He meets us and he's, he, he, there's redemption in a relationship. There's provision. That coworker stops like gluing your stuff to your desk. You know, like you passed the test that you thought you were going to fail. I don't know. Like, you know, like you, you have a breakthrough. You realize that you only struggled with depression three days out of 30 instead of 30 out of 30 days. And you're like, I think I'm seeing breakthrough. But we forget we even asked for it. So Pastor Andrew challenged me. He was like, if we don't write down, how are we going to remember that he answered? I was like, oh, this is a very good point. So write it down. And then when he answers, write down the date and what you saw. Even if it's a glimmer, like, I think I might be answering this. Maybe it's a long way off, but I kind of see it. So let's let's activate our faith. Let's let, Just to recap, let's ask God to teach us where the places we have need Let's listen to the places where he is teaching us. And then let's, let's remember that those places of need and worry that we can ask. And he's not annoyed and he's not bothered and he's not inconvenienced, but he is waiting to answer us.